Dylan, episode 46, man. How you doing? Doing good. How are you, buddy? Pretty good. New week. Um, And it is the, what, is the tag deadline today? Yeah, it's in about another hour, I believe. I believe it's at four. So, I mean, we're going to be talking uh, a little bit of tags. We're also going to be talking some news about Dak yesterday and uh, continuing our series with the draft prospects. Um, Why don't you just go ahead and intro the episode? I kind of briefly mentioned everything, but if you want to go over it again and then get into the first segment. All right, well... Welcome to number episode number 47, guys. Uh, today we will be talking about Dak Prescott. Obviously, the big news last night, he finally got his contract extension. So we will be talking impacts on uh, that and how the Dallas Cowboys will be looking for the next, you know, four to five years with him under center. And uh, then we have a segment that we are going to call um, Cut Him, Tag Him, or Let Him Walk. Some of these guys did sign their tags or were told that they weren't going to get tagged by their teams so it'll be more of a segment of are they going to let them go long-term deal and are they going to sign somewhere else in free agency we have uh, three offensive and three defensive players we're going to be talking about and then we're going to be closing out today with the top five defensive tackles as we move to the defensive side of the ball in our 2021 nfl draft prospect review um but let's get started with this Dak prescott uh four year Hundred and sixty million dollar contract, or hundred sixty four million dollar contract, with uh, yeah, hundred twenty uh, over four years. So that's forty million. He's going to be the second highest average annual value quarterback behind Mahomes, and he got a whopping forty four million dollars guaranteed. What are your thoughts on that? Here are my thoughts. I've seen a lot of people saying over this last week, Dak Prescott is overrated. I would argue he's kind of underrated. When the Cowboys lost Dak this season, their season died right then. Mm-hmm. That night. Mm-hmm. I think his value is tremendous. I like the signing. Do I like the 160? No, but only 44 being guaranteed. I do like that. That's only about if he's averaging 40 million annual pay and he's only 44 guaranteed, I think that's good. Uh, I think that's smart. Four years, though, we saw. Carson Wentz just get traded to the Colts after mm-hmm. what 2017 Eagles made the Super Bowl. Obviously, he was injured, didn't play, but you see, but he was on MVP pace that year, and, and so was Dak this year. So that's my concern, and that's my comparison that I'll make: is can Dak come back from this injury the same player, mm-hmm. or a player worth 40 million a year? We haven't seen him yeah. play yet. I think it's smart on the Cowboys' part. You don't have to go shopping for a quarterback. Um, definitely takes one team out of the Russell Wilson sweepstakes if he does end up getting traded and that's that's exactly what I was thinking too Um, I honestly would prefer Russell Wilson over Mm -hmm. Dak Um, but to re-sign Dak I think it's the smart move you don't give really anything up except you know the money a lot of money yeah (laughs) uh, the problem I'm going to see going forward is defensively how are you going to build a defense with all that money into the offense with Zeke the line, mm-hmm. Dak, Cooper. You're gonna have to sign, re-sign CD Lamb. I mean, yep, yep. I mean, all they have is D Law at, at defensive end, and then they got Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith. Those guys are gonna eventually have to get paid. Oh, they yeah. let Byron Jones walk last year because they knew they were gonna have to pay Dak Prescott this year. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's gonna be tough to build that defense. Why don't you go ahead and break down all your thoughts, Dill? I know you got a lot of notes. 
they they mean they just reached this deal less than a day before the tag deadline. I heard news Monday morning that they were way apart on contract talks. And then to see this deal break at about 7 o'clock last night really surprised me. Uh, as I mentioned, four years of whopping, $164 million, 40 per year with $44 million guaranteed. He came off that scary ankle injury in week four last year. Uh, he was on a VP pace. About 1,864 yeah. passing yards, nine touchdowns. Did throw four interceptions on those first four games, but almost have 2,000 yards through about three and a quarter game. Obviously, I think he had that 500-yard passing game and mm-hmm. that um, meltdown they had against Atlanta, and I believe that was week two. That was a good game. And I remember that, watching it. <laughs> yeah, that was that was one of the one of the crazier games, one of the more underrated games I think in the 2020 season. Even, oh yeah, uh, thinking back to when we broke those top five games down uh, before the Super Bowl. Yeah, but. It's just, uh, it's a lot of money. The cap is obviously, I think the cap is $22 million less this year because a lot of teams lost revenue, obviously due to the pandemic, um, weren't able to have full stadiums. Some teams weren't even like the Lions allowed to even have any fans, let alone, I mean, the Cowboys were, I think, letting in like 20 or 25% into that big stadium of theirs. Uh, But I think Jerry Jones really didn't care about the smaller cap. Dak's going to take up like 20 to 30% of this cap this year with his $40 million. And the only thing that Jerry Jones probably was thinking was uh, the new TV deals do go into effect next year. So the salary cap should be at around $220 million is what they're projecting right now for this year, for 2022. So they're upping it. Yeah. It's down this year. I think it's going to be at about 180 this year after being at 219. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then it's going to go up to about 220 next year in 2022. Okay. So I think that was maybe more of Jerry Jones's thought process. Yeah is thinking, yeah, okay, you're going to have Cooper, Zeke, and Dak Prescott probably take up about half your cap space this year, which is really going to hurt them, I think, in 2021. But they'll be able to try to build maybe a little bit of a defense in 22. Or I don't know if a lot of these guys, big defensive pieces, are going to sign big deals. Maybe they're only going to be signing one-year deals this year because they know that they're going to get more money next year. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what they can do. Uh, Career for Prescott, he's had a pretty good one so far. Almost 18,000 passing yards, about 1,300 rushing yards career with 130 total touchdowns. Only 40 interceptions, though, in his, I believe this is his fifth, coming into his fifth or sixth season in Dallas. Uh, Hopefully he can return healthy. I really want to see him have a good season. I mean, obviously on MVP pace last year, probably could have thrown for 5,000 yards if he played a full 16. Mm -hmm. Definitely the Cowboys would have been better than, I believe, 6 and 10, which was what they were in 2020. That defense, is it's got some big holes in it, obviously, in the secondary. Ever since they let Byron Jones go last year to the Dolphins, that secondary's been a big problem for them. And the only defensive pieces they really have are Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith, which I mentioned earlier. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Go ahead. I think that uh, Dak Prescott, man, like I said, underrated in terms of like you're saying when he went down their season died they mm-hmm. six and ten they would have finished way better i mean they had um, what, three different quarterbacks besides prescott end up playing yeah in 2020 they yeah, had they had some dude danucci yeah right? they had danucci danucci almost beat the steelers though he did that danucci, was a fun game to and then they had cooper i think cooper rush got a game shout out central yeah. michigan yep. and uh and then obviously andy dalton got most of the starts and which, andy dalton uh, i think andy didn't he dalton, go down with a concuss yeah, yeah, Andy Dalton got concussed in the one of the divisional games. No, he got, you know oh, the Washington game. He got knocked out in the Washington game. I remember yeah. that. I um definitely a rough, rough year for uh, America's team, as uh, most people like to call them. Oh, no doubt. Um, Dak, especially that injury, mm-hmm. I still can see it. I don't know why I can they see played it. it. I so saw it much. live. I, I saw Dude. it live, and I just and then yeah. the news channels just would not stop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And I saw it a second right. time. I, I would, I mean, I saw it obviously the first time it happened, yeah. but you really look, go in depth on the second one. And it was like, it was one of those, Oh my gosh, I'm think I'm going to throw up moments for real. Like that Gordon Hayward. Mm, back in mm, and Paul George like, hitting the stanchion. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Saw that live too. I just, sports injuries are no joke, man. No, they're not. Sometimes you forget lag. too. You start watching and and you're not thinking about oh my gosh this player could get injured right now, then it happens like oh my gosh like, mm-hmm. I I think back to like Nick Chubb's like college one I think it was. oh yeah yeah where he tore his ACL that was disgusting mm-hmm. I remember they were playing that one too and I'm like why I don't even watch college and I'm seeing this everywhere yeah but I don't know man Dak Prescott I think has had an underrated career mm-hmm. I think he deserves more credit than he gets there because when Tony Romo um you know, retired, they really didn't have a moment where they had to struggle with a bad quarterback. No, they didn't. Uh, Dak and Zeke's rookie year was a 13-3 and season. Yeah, they ended up having a disappointing crash out to the playoffs to the Green Bay Packers, but that seems like that's that's the playoff history between the Packers and the Cowboys is the Packers always win, it seems like. I... I think so. Same with, like, Lions. If if we play the Cowboys, they're going to win on some Mm -hmm. cheats. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, um... It's definitely going to be a weaker NFC East, though, so maybe advantage Cowboys in this. The defense really won't – they won't have to worry about maybe the defense as much. I mean, Jalen Hurts is going to be starting in Philly. You're going to have Daniel Jones in New York, and with Alex Smith getting cut by Washington this week, I really don't know who's going to be starting for Washington this year. Probably they start Heineke. they're going to start Heineke, which uh, I don't think that – I mean – if he has a good of a season as he had in that wild card game against Tampa, maybe, but I just see Dallas running away with his division if everybody stays healthy. I think it's still early to say who's going to be the Washington quarterback, and I think Washington has the overall best defense in that division. Oh, they do. Yeah, 100%. Where to the point is, if they get a, a good quarterback in free agency, or if they, you know, Go get draft, Fitzpatrick. Why not? Hey, I would take it. My will... thoughts, Cam, isn't Cam Newton another free agent this year? Yeah, he is, yeah. The Patriots are Ron Rivera is go. the coach of yeah. Washington. Yeah, I could see it. I could see it, too. He got carried um, by that defense on the way to the Super Bowl against Denver in Super yeah. Bowl 50, even though they didn't win it. But, I mean, that'd be the carbon copy, getting carried by a defense. It, it, it's how it goes, I guess, for Cam Newton. I, yeah. I do hope Cam bounces back. But mm-hmm. at this point in his career, I think he's he's way past that prime. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't be surprised if they were throwing the R word around, the retirement word around for him not too long from now. There was this interview, like, I think it just came out. He was like, there's not 32 quarterbacks better than me. And then mm-hmm. someone, like, stitched it on TikTok and, like, pulled up facts. And he ranked 33rd in passing yards. Oh, did he? It's, it's just so funny, him saying there's, like, the exact number of – there's not 32 guys willing to who are better than me, and then he's 33rd in passing yards on the season. <laughs> It's like, bro, are you like dog? <laughs> he set himself up. But uh, next segment is a segment you proposed, and I thought it was a great idea. Um, and something I, I hope we can bring back next season too. Uh, tag, resign, let them walk. Um, you know, we're looking at a few guys who I'd like to get as a Lions fan, mm-hmm. but now a few guys who have already, like you mentioned, been told, "Hey, we're not." tagging you or hey we are um it's just what happens it's the day of um maybe should have done the segment last week hindsight's 2020 we're looking at first though the man yeah 
uh, I was told just now to Romeo Okwara. Is he on the list? Did you put him on? Uh, no, but yeah, I also did hear yeah. that before we got started that they're not going to tag I, him either. I'm unfortunately, uh, you know, Her high I'm, 10 I'm, sacks I'm last year, too. I really like Romeo Okwara. Mm-hmm. I, I hope if since we're not tagging him, I hope we can re sign him. Yeah. Um, but you take a look, Kenny Galladay. I, I'm pretty sure he was informed they are yeah, not is. tagging mm-hmm. him. Despite so many rumors all week that the Lions are planning on tagging him, there is no way to listen to these sports guys mm-hmm. now, man, no. because they say one thing and then something else happens. I didn't think Dak was going to get re-signed. Oh, I didn't either. A while, and I didn't think the contract would be that hefty. Mm-hmm. But taking a look at Kenny Gaudet, what are your thoughts? Um, he is not going to be tagged, but had I, had I – not seeing that before this, I would have said, go ahead, tag Kenny Galladay. Mm-hmm. That's what I basically said. The Lions fan in me would have wanted them to tag him, but, you know, the neutral in me wants him really to go somewhere else and succeed somewhere else. This rebuild is going to be really rough. I know we have a bright future with Dan Campbell, with Brad Holmes, seeing what Brad Holmes has done in drafts before. I mentioned when we hired him, I think he's only, I think out of his draft picks that he had with the LA Rams, only four of them are out of the league right now. But it's just going to be rough, and guys like Galladay, and I'm glad we got Stafford out of here, unfortunately. As bad as that sounds, Stafford's somewhere else where he can go succeed, and I hope Galladay can do the same thing. The injuries, though, were the only thing that really fueled my decision that really I don't really want him anymore. He's only played one full season. He had, that obviously, that five-game season this year. He had the hip injury. He's had the hamstring injuries in the past. But when he's healthy, He's a great player. Uh, 2019 is only 16 game season with the Lions. He had 1,190 yards and 11 touchdowns uh, over his career. 183 yard or 183 catches for shy 3,000 yards, 21 touchdowns. Only played in 47 of a possible 64 games in his four seasons with the Lions. Uh, for the third rounder in 2017, I believe he was like the 95th overall pick out of Northern Illinois. I loved when we drafted him. Didn't know who so he excited. was when we drafted him, but once I uh, watched some tape on him, I was really excited about it. I I loved um, watching him play in Detroit. His rookie season. I'll, I'll never forget that two-touchdown game he had his rookie season yeah. against Arizona. Cardinals. Yeah. Making Pat Pete look really bad. It was rookie season preseason. Before the season started, we played the Colts. And I remember he balled out in that game. Mm-hmm. And I knew right then that I, I wanted Kenny Galladay to be a Lion. Yep. Maybe for his whole career. Now, like you're saying, maybe he can go and get a chip. Maybe he can join a contender. Yeah. Maybe he can get the money he deserves. Um, Injuries were the reason I would say, like you said, I'm okay with it. Um, I would have wanted to tag him, but I'm fine that we didn't. With Romeo Quara, mm-hmm. I really want to re-sign yeah. this man. And that's kind of Young the difference. I think we really need Romeo. Yeah, and I like the fact that Julian, you know, plays here too. And I think that's the reason maybe we do re-sign Romeo. Mm-hmm. If we don't tag him, we re- because his brother's here. Yeah. That's that's cool. Um, who would want to play with family? Mm-hmm. I think that would be the most fun. But, uh, you know, that's our first offensive guy, like you mentioned, three offense, three defense. Moving on to the defensive side of things, we have Shaq Barrett. And I'm going to say this. If you are the Bucks, you need to tag him, I think. Mm-hmm. He's one of the best young pass rushers. He led the league, I think, in 2019. Eight, with yeah, like 19 and a half sacks. Yep. Yeah. Monster. Um, if you're looking at repeating, I think he's a guy you have to have to have on the team. I heard news they just tagged Chris Godwin, mm-hmm. so that could affect They're going to let him walk. Yeah, there's only tag. one tag per team. 
I mean, so it's 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 really, you know, they should have let um I feel like they gotta re sign Shaq Barrett. You gotta have him on your team if you wanna repeat. You can't let him go anywhere else because no matter where he goes, he is so disruptive. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just look at the the impact that he's had on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He started his career in Denver. He only had 14 career sacks in five years in Denver. Since he joined the Buccaneers in 2019, 27 and a half sacks with that 18 and a half, or 19 and a half sack season that you mentioned in 2019. He had 115 tackles, eight forced fumbles, and he had 53 quarterback hits in just two seasons. Undrafted out of Colorado State, uh, obviously signed with the Broncos. Started off on the practice squad, then made his way up onto the main roster. Uh, just what a great last two seasons, especially. He was a really big piece in that Super Bowl win for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Him and crew putting on a lot of pressure on Patrick Mahomes. And if I'm the Bucks, you got to shell out the money for this guy. You put the tag already on Chris Godwin just a little bit ago. You have time. You have about another week until free agency starts. You got to give Shaq Barrett what he wants, and he wants a big contract. I understand you're going to have a lot of guys down the road. They're going to want this money. Obviously, Brady's salary is going to be big. When you get around to signing Chris Godwin, that's going to be a big contract. But you got to put some money in this defense to keep them together because you're going to lose. I I think you're going to lose JPP. You're probably going to lose Sue. So you need to keep one of those three guys around, and I would keep Shaq Barrett. I would keep Shaq Barrett because he's shown the most promise in the other guys are older, mm-hmm. a lot yep. older. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that you gotta definitely look into resigning him. If he doesn't want to, I don't understand why he wouldn't want to resign. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 if I win the championship, I'm doing whatever I need yeah. to resign those players. Sure. Uh, restructuring contracts. Tom Brady has always been known to not have that big contract because he, he and that's why he wins. Yep. He leaves enough space for the other players, and that's what. If I'm an NFL player, I would understand that. For sure. It's not about the money for me if I'm the NFL. I'll get that from the endorsements. Mm-hmm. I'll get that from – if you win the Super Bowl, that's the biggest publicity you can have, bro. For sure, for sure. And the fact that then you can go on and say, I'm a Super Bowl champion, or you can keep winning and say, I'm a two-time, I'm a three-time, I'm one of the greatest. If you're regarded as the greatest, look, Michael Jordan, had he won two, okay. He won two. There's a lot of guys that won two. He would be great talent. We might We might regard him as – one of the greatest, but not the goat, you know. So the more you get, and the and the and the longer and more sustained your career is, I think that just you know builds a lot more to the legacy. Think about Tom Brady. Had he given up after, I don't know, four, we there, it would be a debate. Yeah. Joe Montana, Definitely. that's four. But so I feel like the further you go, and the more chips you win. The, the more chance you have of, you know, sustaining your name for a while, for decades to come. Uh, moving on to the second offensive player, Allen Robinson. Um, it was said that he was tagged today, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would have said let him walk. I, I really would have because yeah, me too. Uh, he deserves money. He deserves a quarterback who is good. Um, and he deserves to play somewhere. If he, I, I'm mad about this. I wanted Allen Robinson to go somewhere with a good quarterback because I truly believe if he did, he could have a season paralleled to like the top five. Guys. I agree, hundred percent. And now I don't think I see mm-hmm. that happening. I think of seeing no. still be regarded as good and great, mm-hmm. but I don't think he's going to be listed on those lists with the Devontae Adams and the Stephon Diggs. I think he's right under that. I think he's, he's in that four top, five spot. You know, top tier two. 
He's on the you know the yeah. bat the worst maybe of tier one, and then he's yeah. he definitely leads the class I think in that tier two. Obviously, your tier one you mentioned you had your Diggses, you have your Hopkins, you have your Devonte Adams, but I would definitely put Allen Robinson at tier two, but at the top of the list. Yeah, like that four or five mm-hmm. best in the he's top, top ten, 10 no for doubt. Sure. Yeah, but I think he's I think I would have let him walk because he deserves it, and also because I don't have a good enough quarterback. Like I understand the Bears; he's a great player. Let's keep mm-hmm. him. But you got to have a quarterback around uh, him. I'm sorry. Mitch Trubisky is not the man. I ended up saying, you know, I would have let him walk as well. But unless you can somehow, I know Russell Wilson's been saying a lot of things. He's he's very hard to read. The Seattle organization is very hard to read. They keep saying they don't want to trade him. But yet so does the Houston Texans not wanting to trade Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson will be in a different uniform when the season kicks off in September. I don't know about Russell Wilson, but I think unless they would have gotten Russell Wilson before this, they could have kept him. But I said let him walk. But it's too late. They already gave him the deadline or the tag. Uh, but I wouldn't, as you mentioned, I wouldn't want Trubisky throwing me the ball, especially if I was, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth best receiver in the league like he is. Um, he had a lot of those problems in Jacksonville. That's why he wanted to leave Jacksonville. You know, credit to Blake Bortles, he was a decent quarterback. But Allen Robinson shouldn't be catching balls from Mitch Trubisky or Blake Bortles. Nothing against those quarterbacks. They're just not top tier. Uh, 3,151 yards and 17 touchdowns on 255 catches in his three years in Chicago. He saw his touches go up in all three seasons for the second round pick out of Penn State 2017. Um, And he was another Orchard Lake St. Mary's graduate as well as uh, KJ Hamler. I don't know if you knew that or not. Yeah, I, I knew he was local. Um, I would have loved to have him as a Lions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. If we were a little better, um, I think we could have we could have pulled yeah. the deal off. If we still had Stafford, I think he would. Play. Yeah, yeah, I I think so. But um, take a looking at the second defensive player, Justin Simmons. I'm pretty sure he was just one of my, as well, one of my favorite player, one of my favorite underrated safeties in the league. Oh yeah, I think we're gonna be talking about him in the next, like maybe the next season as one of the highest. Oh, for sure, he'll be up in the big maker range. You know, you're just. Yeah, and, and you're tagging him right now after a, a great season last year. Um, I think you definitely got to re-sign him if you're the Broncos. I think he's a he's a piece you want on defense, young guy, um, great talent. I think Justin Simmons should be re-signed. I like the fact that I'm pretty sure I saw that they tagged him. I, yeah, I haven't looked um, into that but yet. But... I think you got to re-sign him. If, if they haven't, you tag him or you re-sign him. That's mm-hmm. how I view it. Especially because like Von Miller, yeah, he's, he's the- older. You got to let him go on the on the front end of the defense. You got to maintain some of those young pieces, and he's one of the ones uh-huh. you want to. Yeah, I you got to resign him. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't say he's going to get Buddha Baker money just because the Cardinals have a little bit more of that cap space. Only with DeAndre Hopkins, probably probably pardon me, the only probably big contract that they have on the books right now. Kyler Murray's still on his rookie contract, uh, but with as you mentioned with Von Miller on the back end of his career and Bradley Chubb, who's a guy that really hasn't been able to stay healthy when they drafted Bradley Chubb. I thought they were going to have a great one, two duo with Von Miller. And when Von Miller was ready to hang it up, he could have been the next Von Miller, but you know, Justin Simmons, you got to resign him. So he can be that five to seven year piece that you need to build that defense back up. They got the young guns on offense. They got the drew lock. They have Jerry Judy. They have KJ Hamler. If Melvin Gordon's staying around, they got him. They got Philip Lindsay. They got Cortland Sutton coming off that injury. Cortland Sutton's going to be a guy to watch, I think, for the Denver Broncos. But uh, back to Justin Simmons. 
16 career interceptions, 35 pass defenses, and 385 tackles in five years. Field goal block God. He's blocked like five or six field goals in his career. I remember the one, the um, this was way back, I think one in his rookie season or second year. He jumped over the line against New Orleans for a block, and it ended up going on a two-point conversion off of a uh, extra point. Uh, for the third rounder out of Boston College in 2017, they gotta really pay this guy. Oh, no doubt. Um, I didn't know it was him who was blocking yeah, all was, those. You he, know, he physically he's one of those guys that jumps over the line, straight over the long snapper, and just you know gets right in front of that and just blocks that thing. It's really impressive to watch. I uh, I'm gonna have to do a lot of research on those now and watch them i'm excited i think those the field goal blocks are yeah. some of my favorites i remember cam yeah, chancellor's yeah. i remember troy palomali i think cam chancellor did it like once in a, in like a divisional that. round game like four times and they flagged him three times i think for it he did it four times in a row that's so funny um i miss I him too i miss that whole legion of boom <laughs> I didn't retire i miss that <laughs> legion of boom yeah um talking about aaron jones now our last um offensive player uh, I think you you would say resign him. I think you would say tag him. But for me, I think I'm going to go in a different direction here. I'm going to go and say you let him walk. I think he deserves to mm-hmm. play in Green Bay. Don't get me wrong. I think he's done un- amazing things there. I think he's probably the most underrated mm-hmm. running back because you take a look. Everyone knows Zeke, Barkley, McCaffrey. Wow. You know those guys. Yeah, you, you really – we don't talk about Aaron Jones in that the fact that he's good and he's had great games, four touchdown games. He had one for me in fantasy. It was like a four yeah. touchdown game, three, three touchdowns. He balls out. And, and the, I don't think has ever got the credit he deserves when, when, when you're playing with Devonte Adams, the best or the second or third best receiver right now. And then you have Aaron Rodgers, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. You get overshadowed. Definitely. And I think his running back, play is some of the best i think it's right up there with the top guys in the league i think he is criminally mm-hmm. underrated i think he could go to miami i think he could go to a lot of places where i need of that guy um the reason i'm gonna say not to resign him is because i think there's a lot of promise in yeah. aj Dillon. i think if they didn't have aj Dillon, i say no you resign him but aj Dillon shows me enough promise to be a starter and a mm-hmm. good starter in the league. Um, and that's why I'm going to say for me, let him go. You have a young guy in AJ Dillon who will be good. Yeah. I say, resign him, resign him, resign him. You need to, I mean, the only way that I see them not maybe resigning him is if not, and it wouldn't be necessarily a trade either. Chris Carson didn't get the franchise tag put on him a couple hours ago. Makes him a free agent. I could see Chris Carson possibly going to see going to Green Bay and maybe Aaron Jones fitting into that Seattle Seahawks. I don't know. I mean, this may sound a little crazy, but Aaron Aaron Jones definitely did earn his money, especially in 19 and 20. Um, career-wise, 3,364 yards, 37 rushing touchdowns, only six fumbles in his career so far. Rodgers is always going to need that solid running back behind him to balance out that attack. You know Aaron Rodgers, if healthy, is going to be booked in for at least 4,000 passing yards and at least 30 touchdowns a season if he can play a full 16-game schedule. You mentioned A.J. Dillon. Now, if Chris Carson comes in, I could see A.J. Dillon getting a bigger role. But if Aaron Jones ends up staying and resigning, 
I see AJ Dillon possibly wanting to move on in the next couple of years. Uh, but Aaron Jones, great career so far from the fifth round draft pick from University of Texas, El Paso in 2017. I hope for, you know, NFC North fans, I hope he ends up leaving because he, I watched his highlights against the Lions in 2020, that game in Lambeau where he had like 175 yards and three touchdowns. I don't want to see him do that to my team twice a year. He came out second, second half, first half of the game, 75 yards untouched. It. Yeah, it, it was that was mm-hmm. that was tough to watch. Um, I I just think in terms of the Packers, I think I would re-sign him. But, like, player-wise, he's a good player, and I, he's done a lot, and I think he's solid. I would re-sign him. But in terms of building for the future, that's where I would be like, we got A.J. Dillon. We can get someone cheap, too. Um, let Aaron Jones go. Uh, if they do re-sign him, though, smart move because, he, like you said, he's solid. He, he doesn't fumble the ball a lot. He's – He's really consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on, I think, to Matt Judon here. I think if you're um, Baltimore, I I, I got to let him go. Yeah. Because um, you need receiver help, Ravens-wise. Mm-hmm. And you can't, you can't only invest in the defense. Right now, the only thing they have going on offense who they're paying is Lamar Jackson. Yeah. And other than that, I think your defense, um, it's not what it was no, definitely not. years ago. But I think they could build a lot. I, I like, you know, they have Marcus Peters there. I Marlon think, right? Humphrey. They, they, they had a good secondary. Mm-hmm. I think you let Judon walk. I think you get some other guys in free agency or whatever. Um, I don't feel like he's a crucial piece there. I feel like wherever he goes, though, it's it's an important player. He's he's not bad. No, he's a good player. I just don't feel like he's necessary to the Ravens team. I think you there's bigger needs for the Ravens than Judon. Mm-hmm. I agree. I'd let him walk as well. I mean, there's there, it's a decent pass rushing class, not the greatest. There is not a Chase Young in this draft class as there were last year that Baltimore can go get in the draft. There's some decent free agents. Obviously, if they want to shell out some money, Leonard Williams is out there, and there's some other guys. Uh, we will be talking about next week those uh, defensive ends that the Ravens may want to pick up. Uh, 35 and, 34 and a half sacks, seven forced fumbles, 236 tackles in five seasons with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, you, he had a great 2019, but you can see the stats starting to, climb, to decline this year. And maybe he could be on the back end of that career. Fifth round draft pick um, out of Grand Valley State, actually, in 2016. And uh, he went to West Bloomfield High School, I found out. So uh, there's, a, there's wow. a couple local connections in this segment that we had today. Quite a few. Um, I didn't know Judon was. From yeah, I didn't know. I, I didn't did know it either. Know I knew he went to Grand Valley. I didn't. I have a friend who goes to West Bloomfield. Yeah, I had a couple of friends that went there too. I did not know that he went to West Bloomfield. I knew. I knew about the Grand Valley thing, but that's that's pretty cool. Um, and that being said, you know, uh, like you mentioned, we're moving on to defensive ends and defensive players like that next uh, week with our segment. This week, though, we have our defensive tackles, college prospect-wise. For the final segment here, we're just going to be breaking down our top five in the class. This this class is not very good. It's top heavy. Um, It's the the back end. It's 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 all right at the back end. I mean, my number five is just uh, third round projections, so it's not as bad as you know the tight end class was. I think the tight end class is way more top heavy than the DNs. The the defensive, Mm -hmm. you know. The defensive side of the ball, there aren't that many good prospects out there this year. 
No, not not nearly um, kind as of many spoiled as on like. offense a little bit this year, but that's the way the game's kind of going. I mean, it's it's interesting because you look back at like 2016, where there the the best quarterback on the board was Jared mm-hmm. Goff. Now you're talking about Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. They're, I feel like every class is different in what they offer. I feel like this is a really good quarterback mm-hmm. class. Um, wide receivers. I think there's four or five guys who are really Definitely good not as deep as it was year. last year, but we still got some good candidates out there. And I just think this year, like you're saying, offensive heavy. Next year, we could have a lot more defensive prospects. You mm-hmm. never know. Um, the game is definitely more of an offensive game yep. now. Um, a lot of these guys on my list, bottom wise, are just they're lacking. They're good. They have potential. They're just lacking mm-hmm. technique. Yep. Um, for me, that's that's the case with my number five. His name's Cam Sample, uh, out of Tulane. He's six two, two seventy four. Um, everything I was watching here about him, reading about him, all of that, it's saying he his his skill translates well to the NFL, and I see it. He's smaller size. That's that's the big knock is that two seventy four. There's guys who are two seventy for the interior though. Um, he wins a lot especially watching him at the senior bowl. Most of his wins in terms of the trenches were in the interior. And that's why I think he could be a really good interior guy. You could also rotate him, but he's quick um, on the interior. I think that's probably a lot to do with his smaller size. Um, Just makes him quick and, and good. And I think that they're right. I think he could translate well to the NFL with some development and some technique. I think he could be a really, um, unique interior guy who do you got at number five at number five i have uh rashad weaver from the university of pittsburgh uh two six five 275 pound defensive tackle who played 34 games in four years he did sit out the 2019 season due to an injury 109 tackles 34 of those were for loss 17 sacks five forced fumbles and four fumble recoveries his best year was his 20 or was his 2020 season i'm sorry uh, 47 tackles, six and a half sacks, two forced fumbles, and three fumble recoveries. He does a great job of making that physical tackle, um, run stuffing the ball. He's going to be one of those guys that could knock the ball out as well as a pass rusher. Uh, very, as I mentioned, very underrated run stuffer for a 275 pound guy. Could be a third rounder. Could see him anywhere going early to late, or early to mid. I'm sorry. Um, if he is going early third, the Jets, they're going to need defensive linemen. Obviously, Leonard Williams is a free agent. They did put the uh, franchise tag yeah. on Marcus May, so they're going to let Leonard Williams go, so that will be a position of need for them. And if he goes later into the third round, I could see Tennessee maybe picking him up. Obviously, they had that struggle with Jadavion Clowney. Uh, Jarrell Casey, I could see him and J- Jarrell Casey being a possible good one-two combo for years to come uh, if he does go to the Titans. For sure. Moving on here to my number four, I have Aleem McNeil out of NC State. Um, he's a pocket pusher. That's what everyone um, was saying. And I, if, if you watch him, he really does move that pocket, shrink that pocket. Um, 6'2", 320, so a lot bigger than, you know, the guy I had before. He He's a big guy. He is. Um, I think there was a tipped ball. He intercepted and ran it into the end zone. It was funny to watch him <laughs> run. Those bigger guys, when they run, Man, it's fun to watch. It's comedy <laughs> to me, at least. Like Vince Wilfork, I think back to him, uh-huh, he was fine. Uh-huh. Um, anytime there's those big man plays in the NFL, they're probably my favorite. But I think he's one of those guys. 
those big guys who who's gonna make those fun plays to watch in the NFL. The Don Tari yeah. pose, yeah. The, those type of players. Terrence Knighton, remember I Terrence Knighton, um, Pot Rose. Yeah, yeah. Remember when he there was like a, a it was like a tiger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember seeing him in. Yeah, I was like, what the heck? They got this man selling <laughs> tires. Um, I think he's gonna be a good prospect though for whoever mm-hmm. gets him. And I think I don't know if he's gonna have one of the greatest NFL careers, right? But I think like. Back to when we had Nick Fairley, he kind of reminds me of him. He was good for a couple seasons, young seasons. He's a good player. He was even kind of good, Nick Fairley, when he went yeah. to the Saints. So I think this is a perfect thing for Aleem McNeil. I think, um, honestly, third round, maybe fourth. But uh, I think he's a third-round guy. Um, who do you have at your number, at number four? number four, I have Jalen Phillips from the University of Miami, 6'5", 288 pounds, did spend two of his first three seasons uh, out at UCLA. Did transfer to Miami for the 2020 season. Uh, almost did not play for the Canes in 2020 as right before he ended up transferring over to Miami. He had a very freak off-the-field accident at UCLA, which almost led him to give up the game, uh, which I found out when I was reading on him. In his two stops, uh, 86 tackles, 23.5 of those for loss, 12.5 sacks, and an interception. Did have an eight-sack season, though, in Coral Gables for the Canes in 2020. A uh, really big impact in those seven or eight, nine games that they ended up playing this year. Uh, was given comparisons in a broadcast in one of his first games as a Miami Hurricane to the Bosa brothers. So he's more of a D-end, but he does play that defensive line position with the D-end mentality. I could see him going maybe if Shaq Barrett or JPP walk to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 32 at the end of the first round. But if not, the Giants are going to need a guy early in the second in the mid to late 30s. So uh, late first, early second for him. For sure. I um, I think a lot of these guys that I was reading defensive tackle-wise pl- can play end, can play, and they're more versatile. So, it would, you know, you're looking at defensive tackle, but you're really looking, can they do it all? Can they be a lineman for you? Interior was the main thing I was looking at, which is why number three comes down to Davion Nixon out of Iowa. He's 6'3", 305. Uh, he's very violent and explosive when he plays. Like, just probably the best, I think. He's got to be my sleeper in this class. I had to put him pretty high. He's um he's good at disengaging the linemen, but he's not perfect at it. And that's the one knock I have on him. You're going to have to develop his te- technique with that. Um to be more consistent, he does get jammed up sometimes. But for the most part, like I said, great job disengaging their hands and and moving past. The thing I love about him most and the reason I want to see him succeed is he overcame a learning disability to be able to um, play at Iowa and mm-hmm. be eligible. And he, he so he I, I think Nick Saban actually I think mm-hmm. recruited him to play at Alabama. But his his you know, he had a learning disability. It was really hard for him to focus and just you know he he overcame that which shows the amount of drive he has for the game because playing playing a sport is one thing to be motivated to do that but school I am not Mm -hmm. motivated at all the fact that he would you know all all odds stacked against him go out have that drive have that mentality and and overcome it and be able to be eligible and be able to then also play Mm -hmm. really well on the field I think that translates oh, well to the yeah. NFL, and I think that's the drive. I think that's what you're going to want out of a player. I think that um, Nixon is going to be a third-round guy, maybe a second. I, I, I just want 
to mention him, and I think that he deserves a shot in the NFL. And, and I think that drive is really what puts him up on my list for me. And I think he's going to be a great player. Who do you have at your number at my number three, three spot? spot? I have Levi Ozrike from the University of Washington, uh, 6'3", 288 pounds, 34 games played in three years. One is one of those guys that ended up opting, opting out of the 2020 season as a caution to his draft stock. So I ended up seeing a lot of 2019, 2018 tape on him, 95 tackles, 16 for them for a loss, seven sacks in his time in Seattle, was first time first team all-conference in 2019. He's very explosive and powerful in his play, not really the best with his hands, even though his strength could say otherwise. I can see him early to mid-second rounds uh, with the Lions dropping Romeo Okwara and not letting him pick up the franchise tag. Uh, maybe he could go to the Lions. If not, I do see the Patriots as a good fit as uh, Lawrence Guy and Wise are both walking for the Patriots this year. Mm. So uh, Big yeah, need for the Patriots. Me. For number two, and one thing you mentioned is he sat out. There was a lot of linemen <laughs> who sat out. There was a lot. And that's why it was hard to make this list for me was – who do I value more, the people who played now or the people yeah. who played then? Um, it came down to my number two is another guy who's has a like your last guy, very hard name to pronounce. Osa Odigizua. I don't know. Odigizua is his last name, something like that. Osa Odigizua. I, I have no idea, but he's from UCLA, 6'2", 280. I really like um, his game, and he might be my favorite in the class because of he made a huge improvement, and he was one of those guys who – he, a lot of his film came down to he balled out mm-hmm. in the senior bowl. He plays with a lot of strength, and supposedly there's this thing going around that he can, you know, I don't know about the other linemen, I don't know what's compared to, but he can supposedly squat oh, wow. 750. He's an anchor. Um, he's an extreme, you know, he's he's extremely adamant about getting after the quarterback, and that's maybe his biggest knock is running wise. He's focused mm-hmm. on the quarterback. That's also good, though. In college, they run a lot yep. of those options, and he mostly tailors to the quarterback. In the NFL, that could be good, but even when the play isn't necessarily at the quarterback or, you know, he doesn't keep it or whatever the play is, um, he always ends up finishing kind of around the quarterback. So that's that's the important thing is he's he's pushing to the, to the whistle to get the quarterback. And that's why I think he's got to be one of my favorites in this class. I see him going second round, maybe late first. You never know uh, if a team really likes him or if they're high on him. Um, but, yeah, definitely think he's going second round. Who do you have? Uh, number two, two I have Christian Barrymore from Alabama, 6'5", 310-pound lineman, 22 games in his two, season in Tus- two seasons in Tuscaloosa. Uh, it shows that that Alabama team can really produce a lot of good NFL talent if he only needs two years and he's NFL ready. 63 tackles, 15 and a half of them for loss, 10 sacks, five pass defenses, and four force fumbles in his career. Uh, this past season in 2020, he had eight sacks, including having a sack and a half and a tackle for loss in that national championship game. Was named, I believe, the defensive MVP in the national championship game against Ohio State. He just bulls his way through the line, makes guys, you know, his size or bigger look like that freshman 180 pound safety that's trying to, you know, walk onto the team. He's got sneaky speed as well for 310 pounds, so he's not really your t- traditional defensive lineman. Uh, Barrymore could go late first to a win-now team. I'm thinking maybe the Rams or maybe Buffalo. You know, Pair him up with Ed Oliver or Aaron sure. Donald. I think this guy really could develop into a decent NFL player with a long career. 
he's number one on my list for a reason. Six five three ten, like you mentioned, and he's from Bama. They are the mm-hmm. NFL ready yep. school. They are. When the Browns were so bad, everyone went on Madden and said, "Hey, let's translate, you know, the Bama team into Madden and run it up and simulate it. Who can win?" Bama There's a reason why the they have four or five first round picks. It seems like every year. Always, they are the best. I, I anyone with talent mm-hmm. is going to Bama. <laughs> like, if you want to go to the NFL, like Derrick Henry. Mark Ingram, those are the yeah. running backs they produced. Take a look at the quarterbacks. Yeah, quarterbacks, maybe besides um, Tua, but quarterbacks a little bit of a weaker position. Yeah, but I they mean, definitely do have the skill guys. Oh, no doubt. Mm-hmm. They have the most skilled players. You take a look also at Bearmore, and he was dominant against Notre Dame, and I think Notre Dame had they a problem. Did. They have a couple spot. guys uh, that are going to be NFL players. Next yeah, season, yeah, they got a couple seniors so. that just missed my list yeah. on uh, the defense, and then they got For a couple sure. pass rushers, linebackers that are coming out of the draft. They're going to really look good in the NFL, I think. I think Notre Dame has some mm-hmm. of the sneakiest sleepers, and they're the first team I'm going to look for sleepers mm-hmm. when we do that segment. Um, based on this season and the other season he played, he dominated. He's a first round grade. He's best in the class by a long shot for me. Um, just based on everyone I took a look at. He also dominated versus Ohio State, like you mentioned. And so he dominated against two of the best, Notre Dame, Ohio State. I I think he really has what it takes to be, like you said, a good talent for some NFL team who is win now and ready to make a run. I think he's going to fit best with a team like that. If he goes to a team like the Jets or something, mm-hmm. it's going to be like, ugh. Like, think about, like, Macari back then. Whatever went to, you know – yeah, he was he was an offensive lineman, right, last year. for, And he was one of the best in the class. He goes to the Jets, mm-hmm. you don't really hear about him. That's not to say he did bad. It's just that, like, those teams on the bottom, I don't think that's where Christian Barrymore is going to succeed. I think if he goes to one of those teams, we're not going to talk about him much. Not to say he's going to be bad. But if he goes to one of these win-now teams, you're going to hear a lot about him. At number one, number one, it hurts me to say, I have another Michigan Wolverine, uh, Quiddy Peck. Quiddy Pay. Oh. Uh, 6'4, 272 pounds, 26 games played in his four seasons in Ann Arbor, 97 tackles with 11 and a half sacks, 23 of those 97 tackles being for a loss in those 26 games. 2019 was definitely his best season 50 tackles, six and a half sacks, 12 tackles for a loss. Uh, only did play five out of Michigan's seven games this year. Uh, due to, I believe he had a little bit of a nagging injury. He, go, he shows great strength off the line, great agility, sneaky run stuffer that also never gives up on a play. His only weakness is really not being able to take over the big games. He ha- he'll have a game where he'll have maybe a sack or two, and then it'll be four or five games down the line. Then he'll have another sack or two. He's really not going to put four or five consistent games together. You just really got to prepare, and you really got to you know hope that he can have that one big game when you need him. I think he can be a mid first round team, uh, maybe sliding into the teens and late t- or early twenties, maybe to a team like the Colts or the Pittsburgh Steelers. They obviously the Pittsburgh Steelers build themselves on the defensive line. And I think he really could fit in with a guy, maybe like DeForest Buckner in Indianapolis with that great stud young defense that they have building. I just imagine him in the Pittsburgh. I can, I can see it already. Yeah. I think it's a perfect fit. Um, Next week, we will be moving on to the defensive ends, and I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. love edge rushers. Those are probably my some of my favorite guys to watch. The speed and quickness, 
I'm I'm excited to get in that segment. Probably one of my most favorite mm-hmm. defensive units. Um, I think I'm probably most excited to talk. Um, there's one guy in particular though. that I'm really excited to talk about when we get to linebackers, and that's Micah Parsons. I I'm I I would be a yeah fan for sure if we for got sure. Him on the line. That'd be the only way I want defense in the first round is if we get Micah Parsons. If we trade down and get for Micah sure. Parsons, I think. Michael Parsons would be a good pickup, and I think if we trade down, that's that would be a a plus for me, Lions wise. Um, that's really all we have today, though. Episode forty seven next week. Um, thank you so much for tuning into episode forty six. That being said, Dill, why don't you close out everything, and uh, we can move on. We're almost yes, to the tag we are deadline. Nine minutes away. Uh, we can come back next week, and we can see what happens. But uh. Why don't you close this out, and we'll see you guys next week. for All right, guys, thanks for listening to episode number 47 today. We hope you enjoy, and keep telling your friends about us. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. You know, leave us a comment when you're, when you're you know, rating us on Apple or on Spotify, and we can read those. You know, we, we want to know how we're doing. You know, if you have some drafts, that, or if you have some just segments in general that you want to pitch to us, that you want us to give us a try, we will do that. You know, we're, we're, we're all about trying to tailor to you guys. We don't do these segments just, you know, for ourselves. We try to make these most interesting as we possibly can. And if you want to have a little bit of an input into it, that would just make it more interesting, I think, for the listeners. Episode number 47 next week. It's hard sure. to believe that we're, we're at episode number 47. I believe Thursday is the one-year anniversary of all this, you know, big COVID outbreak. Rudy Gobert obviously mm-hmm. testing positive. All March Madness getting canceled. And all that. But, uh, you know, it's just crazy to think that we've been through this for almost a year. And this podcast was actually started because of, you know, quarantine. And but next yeah. week we will have uh, more to talk about about the new league year. As uh, as we sit next Tuesday, we will be actually less than 24 hours away from the new league year starting. So free agencies will start to pop up. We'll start getting maybe some big trades in as the new league year starts as we get closer to the 2021 NFL draft, which is about, I believe, seven weeks away. We will be also talking about top five defensive edge rushers and with a third topic to be determined. So if you guys want to, you know, pitch a topic to us, let us know and we will think about it and maybe we can talk about it next week. So uh, with that being said, we hope you have a good rest of the week and we will talk to you guys next week.